0: Hello, everyone. My guest today is Pierre Asayag. He is the uh, CEO and co-founder of a company called Tracker, a veteran of the internet economy. He is focused on using technology as an instrument of change and innovation to transform companies and industries as he did successfully at his past company, Viant, first internet peer play consultancy, and Vivia, which was seamless computing, and Optaros, which was SaaS implementation for e-commerce. Now it's Tracker. He sees Tracker and the underlying practice of influencer marketing the company founded as a catalyst for change for all organizations to regain the trust and attention of their customers. Pierre, are you ready to take us to the top? All right, let's do this. All right, tell us about Tracker. What's it do and talk money to me. How do you make money?
1: Sure, Tracker is a SaaS business. so We make money off subscriptions that we sell to our customers. And what it does is that it's a system that supports marketing departments, build and scale relationships with their influencers. So if you're a big brand today, you interact with, uh, people like you, Nathan, uh, who are influential in specific, um, specific verticals and specific topics in order to get your brand on their radar. And it's a practice that is not new. It's lived forever. Uh, we used to call it PR or analyst relations or blogger relations. It's just gotten to a scale now that you need software to manage it very much in the same way you need software to manage your
0: sales process. You personally know why go after the space? Like, obviously, when you say influencer, what you hear is like high maintenance. They need their green vodka tea in the green room before they start bitching and moaning all the time because promotions don't go the way you want. There has to be high touch on these people to keep them happy. Why go into that space?
1: So, f- first of all, let's not, let's not uh, caricature the, the... I know. The I'm going to get
0: killed, by Sorry. the way. They're all ah. going to kill me.
1: So, I, I think that there isn't a such thing as a one-size-fits-all. I think what you're describing is very much the, the micro-celebrity syndrome uh, that tends to be more noise than signal on the web. And if anything, Tracker is here to help you uh, sim out the, the noise and just rise up, uh, bring up the, the signal. So influencers, for the most part, are people who are passionate about a topic, about uh, their craft, and have managed to create a captive audience around it. So the, the notion of interacting with influencers uh, is very much one that starts with uh, a mutual center of interest and passion between a brand and uh, an influencers, much more than anything that has to do with money. Um, we actually advise our clients that typically in the, in the relationship with, uh, with an influencer, your first move is really to court them
0: and pique their interest and not to write a check to them.
1: Uh, cause otherwise it's not going to be a relationship anymore.
0: Yep. So how with even, especially with that piece in cool. mind, how do you make money?
1: So the, you're talking about, tra- you're asking about trackers specifically. Yes. Yeah. So, so if you're a, a large corporation, uh, say you're, you know, a big B2B business or a large beauty brand or a beverage brand, um, you've been interacting with influencers for quite some time. Some of them happen to be on Instagram. Others are journalists. Others are insiders into your space. And the the management of this pool of people within your team is extremely cumbersome. And tracker is a piece of technology that supports the the proper targeting of influencers to sort of make sure that we help you focus on the people that actually move the needle for your brand and second we help you manage these relationships over time because very often one influencer has relationship with many people inside your company uh, and you want to make sure that the right hand knows what the left hand is doing and so tracker is just a piece of software in the background that supports these programs and make them scalable
0: so it's it's pure SaaS, though right i mean people pay you a monthly fee for something Yeah. Okay. And on average, what do they pay before we start hearing about the founding story? (laughs)
1: Uh, so there's, there's no such thing. We work with, uh, with global brands for the most part. And so the the size of their program, uh, is, you know, in in cases as high as several hundred thousand dollars. Um, and so it very much depends on the, the program. So tracker is, uh, is geared to, to scale the subscription with, um, with the influencer program of of a customer. What is
0: the utility metric where the price increases? Number of influencers you bring the brand or number of seats, what is it?
1: So it's primarily number of influencers. So we we see a strong correlation between the value of a program and the number of influencers that our clients reach out. And on our end, uh, a a, a huge element of Tracker is the amount of insights that we're able to bring you on a specific uh, influencer set. So we do a tremendous amount of work in, in harvesting social data and making sense of it. So our, our cost is also tied to the, uh, the influencer base that our clients are, are, are reaching out to.
0: Okay. So if someone's listening right now saying, I want this product, I'd love to get started with you. What's the minimum they can get started with you on? You said the maximum is a couple hundred thousand a year. What's the minimum?
1: Sure. So typically uh, we'll start around about 50 to $60,000 a year. Okay. Um, be the, the baseline point for, for us to engage with a brand. Um, and frankly, if you're, if you're, this is outside of your, of your budget, typically we find that the, the, the baby steps they, that brands take in influencer management are handled manually. So we're, we're, we find ourselves as a replacement for low tech solution. Very often when you yep. come in a mix of Twitter list and Excel, yep. um, and then it becomes smarter, it becomes scalable. Uh, but up until then, your, your dollar is probably better invested in resources inside your team than in software. You know, you don't you don't have Salesforce if you have a one, one, uh, one person sales team. That's right. right.
0: That's right. What year did you launch the company in?
1: Uh, so it was a while ago. We uh, we launched Tracker in 2009. So really before influencer marketing was coined as a term.
0: That's a year after the iPhone came out. So what you scale? <laughs> you, not to not to age you or anything, but OK, 2009. And then have you bootstrapped the company or have you raised?
1: So we've uh, we bootstrapped the company uh, up until up until this point. We did have some uh, a little bit of uh, friends and family money to uh, to get it going, but we were lucky and resilient enough to uh, to build the company to what it's at today. So we're you know a few million dollars in revenue now. We have about fifty employees in the firm, and we roughly double size year over year. Um, so so we've managed to to get there by. Uh, by proving the value of, uh, of our product and being adaptable to where the market is going.
0: Um, so just to be clear, you're totally bootstrapped except the early friends and family round. Mm-hmm. And, and what was that round early on? Like, are we talking 200 grand, something like that?
1: No, no, it was, it was more substantial. We, uh, we,
0: ended up, um, we ended up
1: doing a couple of rounds. I think in total, we probably raised somewhere around $5 million.
0: Okay, 5 million. Okay. Uh, that was all friends and family?
1: So it's, it's our extended network, right? So, a uh, network of, uh, of, uh, of friends and family and uh, a few early angels that are part of the same network.
0: Okay. Where, where was that all on convertible notes or was there a price round by angels?
1: No, we did a, uh, we did a price round. For,
0: okay. Got it. And then where are you at today in terms of total customers you're working with?
1: We have just north of 150 customers now. Uh, and, the. Uh, you know we have a lot of vanity names in our in our customer pool from uh, L'Oreal to Microsoft to Intel to SAP and many many others. Like I said, the, our, our solution as it stands is best suited for these large brands. Uh, we also do a fair amount of work with agencies, and we find that especially in the early stages of an influencer program getting set up, agencies play, play a very intricate role in getting it going. And as the program scales and evolves, uh, they become an important resource to, uh, to the company that is building out their practice.
0: As I'm traveling the world on planes, trains, and automobiles, you know guys hear it, I'm closing loads of different deals, whether it's buying a company, closing a new account for gitlatka.com, you name it, I've gotta do it. And part of my issue is signing documents while I'm on the road. So I just found this new tool, I'm using it pretty aggressively. It's called Sign Easy. So you can get started for free at gitsigneasy.com forward slash podcast You'll see contracts that I've signed there and boy, oh boy, are they big and they work and the app is so easy to use. Get started today at GetSignedEasy.com forward slash podcast. Earlier, you shared minimum annual contract value or ACV was around 50 grand multiplied by that 150 customers that puts you at like 7.5 million annually. Is that generally accurate or is that too high or too low? you're good at math. It's, uh, it's in the ballpark. It's, it is in the ballpark. Okay, good. Sometimes people, I do that math and they go, Whoa, wait, that's way higher, <laughs> way low. And I go, well, why? I'm just multiplying your numbers. So
1: to, to be, to be fair, it's like I said, it's, it's not evenly distributed. We have, uh, within that number, some agencies that we, we do some smaller contracts with, Yeah, uh, yep. because it's a, it's a step into these larger brands. And inversely, we have a handful of customers that are a much higher price tag than yeah. we mentioned.
0: But do you give a range so you have some vagueness still left in your data for competitive reasons? Is it, is it accurate to say you're between seven and eight million in ARR?
1: So just, we're just south of seven.
0: Okay, just okay. But so between six and seven.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You think you'll break seven? You got a month, you got 60 days left in the year. You think you'll break seven million in ARR by the end of the year?
1: Without a sweat.
0: Ah, very good. I like the confidence. All right. <laughs> Tell me about some the economics, right? This, this kind of high touch, low customer count, but high ACV is a unique model when you compare it to say a constant contact, which is low ARPU, low touch, high volume. How are you yeah. getting these new customers?
1: So this is a, this is a great question. Um, the, we're, we're very unusual for SaaS business because to your point, if you look at constant contact or HubSpot or Hootsuite, all of these businesses have been going bottom up, uh, starting with SMBs, you know, your Hood Suite, you, you charge three or four dollars a user to get started, and then you make your way to, to the enterprise. In, in our case, we found that uh, the, the, the leadership of this program was really these global brands that had this massive investment into media that they were trying to repurpose towards influencers, and we were really struggling with it. And so we saw uh, a unique opportunity for us to address. Uh, that issue by supporting their program and showing them the the value of what they we're building, um, so it's uh, it, it was it was different from uh, from that standpoint. Um, but the the way we've been uh, we've been addressing it is by being staying extremely close to our clients and working with them on making sure that we were documenting their core workflows inside of our software.
0: Is it mostly outbound sales? You have a team of 50. Are, are they hunting or are you just fielding no. inbound?
1: So, so we, um, we do, I'd say, as it stands today, we're maybe 20% of our business is outbound. Um, and even that, it's, it's very, very targeted outbound. Um, and then it's, it's split half and half between inbound and referrals. Okay. So we get a ton of business from, uh, from referrals from, uh, existing past customers, et cetera. And it's a small world at the end of the day.
0: When you look at your fully weighted CAC, so your paid spend plus salespeople, et cetera. What do you peg that at?
1: I don't have the data uh, at hand to, to share with you.
0: What do you generally think? I know you're doing a back of the napkin, well, but a range.
1: So I, you know, if you, if you look at, uh, at, other companies, um, that have, like, if you look at HubSpot, um, I, 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 don't think that we are vastly different from the way a HubSpot would be thinking about sort of their ratio CAC LTV. Um, so I think we're within that range. Um, but Pierre, let get- me,
0: let me maybe ask it a different way. Um, how quickly do you like to get your money back? Right. So, what's your payback period you try and optimize for?
1: Yeah. So so typically we find that um, with these large brands within six months of onboarding oh, wow. uh, a customer, uh, we've been able to, to recover. And we also have a, a, a model that is highly uh, skewed towards the expansion uh, simply because the practices that we're powering are are being uh, a, a scaling uh, incredibly fast. And so we're, we're there with our clients when they double, triple, quadruple uh, the size of the subscription.
0: You've been doing this for getting approaching a, a decade, not to, again, age you, but 2009 was launch date. Up here. So, yeah, right. So you have a good sample size. You can probably pretty predictably calculate what that first year customer is going to expand to in year two if they're a good fit. What is that typical year one expansion revenue look like?
1: So typically we see, uh, so we tier our customers in different groups, but we'll, we see that our customers will tend to increase between 50 and 150%, um, upon uh, renewal.
0: Got it. So it's fair to say that first year, $50,000 contract is going to pretty accurately grow to about a hundred grand in year two. Yep. Yeah, that's great. So, so more, is it fair to say more of your growth is coming from expansion versus new customer onboarding?
1: I think it's about equally divided right now. Okay,
0: pretty good. Yeah. And then going back to the questions just recently, so about payback period, you get it back in six months and a 12-month ACV is obviously 50 grand. So your CAC, you could put it around 25 grand if payback's about six months. Does that generally sound accurate? It
1: sounds about right. Like I said, the way we look into our data is just slightly different simply because we work with these larger customers and we have a few of them rather than the model where we just, uh, we we, we uh, you know, have a, a ton of... Uh, of marketing investment and ads that go into the, the SMB world. So, so I'm, I'm cautious of uh, of these numbers. And so we have a different set of metrics that we, we apply that I think are better suited for the, the global brands.
0: In, a, in an average year, obviously expansion revenue is critical for you, but in an average year, what, what does your retention look like? So it's
1: actually, that's probably the, the best part of the business is that we, we don't really have a, a leaking bucket.
0: So nobody's churned over the past year. So we... No, we
1: have, we have churn and, and, but I, I think we're, we're talking about churning the low single digit, uh, in terms of
0: logo or revenue, both, both. Okay. And that's low single digits annually. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. Otherwise it'd be no good as a metric.
0: Yeah. Um, um, you, you, I mean, you're a business though, because of your expansion revenue numbers, have you hit net negative revenue churn yet? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Very good. And last question before we wrap up with the famous five, where are you guys based?
1: Well, we distribute it. Our tech team is in Boston. I'm headquartered in uh, San Francisco with the rest of the crew here.
0: Very cool. All right, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book?
1: Uh, How about an oldie? Uh, The Innovator's Dilemma from uh, Clay Christensen.
0: That's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now?
1: I'm I'm a huge fan of uh, Satya Nadella. So yes.
0: Number three, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool? Uh, I'm in uh, in
1: deep love with uh, Trello.
0: Trello, number three or four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night?
1: I have two young kids at home, so that would be my answer.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> two kids, how many hours though? Oh, geez, uh, somewhere between five and six. Okay, so yeah. five, six hours of sleep, two kids married? Mm-hmm. All right, and how old are you, Pierre? I'm 46. All right, last, qu- 36 or 46? 46. 46. Oh, wow, I would have guessed I, I, 30. Six though all right forty six last question take us back twenty six years. What do you wish your twenty year old self knew
1: oh jeez uh just i if I, if I met myself from from that time, I'd say just don't be a dick <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love that. All right, good. Don't be a dick. You heard it here first from Pierre. Yeah. <laughs> he launched his company Tracker back in 2009, did some early rounds of funding, raised 5 million bucks, now serving over 150 customers, paying on average 50 grand in first year revenue, expanding aggressively after that. About to break and will break here in 2017, 7 million dollars in ARR, low single digits of churn annually with their remote team based between Boston and San Francisco. Healthy economics. Thank you so much Pierre. For taking us to the top.
1: Thanks, Nathan.